Hello and welcome to episode 868 of The Sleeper and the Bust. It is Tuesday, November 24th. I'm your host, Paul Spohr, and I'm joined this morning by Justin Mason. Justin, good morning, sir. It's hot stove time, baby. That stove is heating up like you wouldn't believe. We have a big signing. We have a lot of players up for trade. Things are starting to get moving a little bit. Now, it is a holiday week. Uh, Thanksgiving coming up this week. We will not be having an episode on Thursday. But more importantly, we don't usually see things get too crazy. So we might see another move or two trickle in today. uh, Or, I mean, uh, in the next couple days. But then there'll be like a little break for the Thanksgiving holiday. And then... I think next week things could really start to fire up and maybe we'll start to see even some of the bigger pieces move. But we did get a big pitcher landing elsewhere that wasn't uh, retirement, that wasn't going home and just hanging it up. Charlie Morton signs with the uh, with the uh, Atlanta Braves, which is a huge deal. Um, This is this is really interesting. It's not a huge deal itself. It's a one year, 15 million dollar deal. We knew he wasn't going to sign anything long term. But throw in Drew Smiley that they got, and all of a sudden, they're really addressing this pitching. Because remember, that was their big downfall, and they still went further than a lot of folks had them, myself very much included there. Um, because when they were losing their pitchers left and right, it's like, well, who are they going to throw? Ian Anderson stepped up. Kyle Wright, Bryce Wilson did what they could. But now you're looking at Freed, Morton, Anderson, Smiley, and then Soroka. Uh, um, that's... That's a five right there. And obviously, it'd be more of Freed, Soroka, Morton, Anderson, Smiley, if you, however order you're putting them in. But uh, I was looking at roster resource and I uh, actually forgot about Soroka till I scrolled down. Not going to lie. But uh, yeah, that all of a sudden, their starting pitching looks pretty nice. What do you think of uh, Morton going to Atlanta? I mean, I love the move for Atlanta. It's, it's I mean, uh, they needed kind of a piece at the you know top half of that rotation, and now mm-hmm. if Soroka can come back completely healthy, we we don't know what he's going to be like when he gets back. I mean that starting four of, of Freed, Morton, Anderson, Soroka, and now anything you get out of Drew Smiley is cake, and you have the ability to piggyback him if you want. Uh, if you don't want him to go deep into games in order to kind of try to save him for later into the season. It's a really, really smart signing, uh, and one that doesn't take a long-term investment by them. So uh, I, I really like it for them and for Morton too. It, it's a really nice landing spot. Yeah. Uh, didn't seem like Tampa Bay was gonna pony up uh, for him. I think that's where he probably wanted to be, but it keeps him somewhat close to home. Uh, and yeah, I, I like it all the way around. I do too. I, I have to echo pretty much exactly what you said. I think the option was 15 mil, so he got exactly what uh, what they were looking at there uh, on that deal for him. I don't know if there was any buyout included or not that maybe he got a little extra with it. But, uh, yeah, Charlie Morton, one more year. I think this is a good move, um, and it'll keep his fantasy value high, too, because he's on a good team. Do you think that they sign, re-sign Ozuna? <sighs> I think there's a chance but I don't think it's a necessity for them. I would agree with that. Um, They've got two top-tier prospects, you know, in the high levels of the minors. With Pache and Drew Waters in the outfield. Um, You know, Ozuna was amazing this past year, without a doubt. That's kind of, I mean, it's like literally a career year. Um, 2017, when he was healthy, he looked a lot like this. He wasn't quite this good. 
but you know this is also two months versus a six month season. So we've seen it before from him too. Problem is, is he still has that shoulder? Ozuna does. Um, he has that, two of them. Yeah, he, he does have two. He has one that uh, has been injured multiple times. Ah. That still worries me a little bit, and I I do wonder if you know maybe you don't want to sign him on a high, and then if you look at more of the standard Marcelo Zuna, the eighteen nineteen version, the twenty sixteen version, um, that's just Adam Duvall, who they already have, and Duvall's a better defender. So I don't know that uh, that Duvall, Acuna, and and Pache or Pache in center and Acuna in right. I don't know that that's not uh, perfectly fine and that they don't need Ozuna, but I know that their fans are clamoring for Ozuna now along with when they see this Morton and Smiley deals like, okay, we got the pitching together, bring back Ozuna and let's go. That's a little bit more of a fan perspective though. I think uh, they'll forget it all about him when Drew Waters comes up, man. Drew Waters, I think is the real deal. Big fan. Oh, huge fan. I like Pache too. His defense is insane. Mm -hmm. And as the bat develops into anything, he becomes like that Kiermaier, Jackie Bradley Jr. type player that, uh, oh, wow, they, they're giving a little something with the bat, and including that amazing defense. That's awesome. So, yeah, we'll see what they do there, but the Morton signing is excellent. Let's talk about some other potential big moves. This happens every year. We, we, we know this. There's a group of big-time players that have some trade rumors attached to them, and then we kind of hope that at least one of them gets traded because the excitement of trades. He's got we got four guys right now that got some pretty, 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 pretty major smoke tied to getting them traded. Francisco Lindor, we have Cleveland. The, the, here's the thing about several of these guys: they're multiple uh, trade candidates, multiple time trade candidates here. So it's like now's the push come to shove moment where, yeah, two years ago when they were talking about it, and they would have like three years left on their deal. No, you couldn't trade them because you could never get enough. Now, you're looking at the last year for a lot of these guys. Things make a lot more sense. But they got Francisco Lindor, Blake Snell, Nolan Arenado, and Chris Bryant. Chris Bryant's been on the market for 14 years. I looked it up. It's been 14 years that, he, that he's been in trade rumors. Yep. Dude, don't fact check it. I, I got it. Mm -hmm. I covered it. I went and looked for you guys. It's been 14 years, which is insane. But um, let's start with Lindor. Uh, his team seems to be most motivated to move on from him. Like I said, they've been talking about this for a while. And the simple fact is is that they cry poor a lot, um, and and they're not going to re-sign him. So they're at the point right now where it's like, you better trade him. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, you're, you're, you're dealing a rental in season. And that could get something, but right now is the right time to trade Lindor. Let's talk about what you think about it uh, as far as whether or not they're going to do it. So do you see Cleveland trading Lindor? I absolutely do. Yeah, okay, so let's get down to the trade candidates then. Who's going to be interested in him uh, as far as picking him up? I mean, I think every team <laughs> could use a Lindor. Like, uh, I don't know that there's a team out there that wouldn't figure out a place on the roster, I think the Mets become the most logical option because this isn't a rental. This is you are trying to trade for him and then sign him for a long-term deal. This is a, like yeah. a Mookie Betts type of thing. where Particularly if you're in New York, yes. Yeah, and I just think that the Mets want to make a big splash. This is the biggest of the splashes uh, that you can make, I think, this offseason. And he instantly becomes the face of a franchise that's kind of been a laughing stock. And 
if they can do some good marketing with him, that I mean, that'll more than pay for uh, what they're going to pay him in this contract. So, well, plus Steve Cohen, I mean, mm-hmm. he's, he's got that got that money. Yeah. So uh, Rosario or Jimenez as the centerpiece, not what you would rather do, because obviously I think mm-hmm. you like Jimenez better. What do you think it's going to take to get it done, though? I think it's going to be Rosario another MLB piece, and then at least one or two uh, minor league pieces. Like solid prospects, yeah. Yeah, so my my initial thought was it's like Nimmo and either Nimmo or Dom Smith um, okay. and Rosario, uh, and then you throw in... Two lower minors. I think you get kind of an upper tier minors guy and then maybe a lower minors guy as well. So like a top 10 type of name. Mm -hmm. And they don't have a super deep system for the Mets. That would be, I mean, if they got Rosario and Nimmo, frankly, that's possibly two outfielders. Remember there's, there's been Mm -hmm. talk of possibly moving Rosario to the outfield, although his shortstop defense improved. Mm -hmm. I want to be clear on that. that And it was supposed to be pretty good coming up. Yeah, and and he got it to where people were like, oh, okay, that's that's what we were expecting more. There was a period in 19 where people were like, eesh, he might have to go to the outfield and and try to, you know, convert and become a center fielder or something. But then he really tightened up the defense Rosario did. So um, I think that's a I think that's a really solid working uh, offer there. With Nimmo too, because their outfield has just been so wretched. If you go, if you go Nimmo Rosario with a little bit of extra thrown in, that's pretty appealing. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of wondering who, who would even come close to that. And that's the thing. I think the Mets have a, I mean, aside from having a financial advantage over other teams that might be in this uh, kind of trade market, they also have the, they have a lot of depth at the major league level, and so mm-hmm. they, they can afford to trade from it. There are other teams, uh, like, you know, for instance, the Blue Jays have been a team that have been mentioned that might be involved. Like, do they really want to, like, send a, a Lourdes Gurriel? Yeah. You know? I mean, are you, are, you, are you getting enough of an upgrade if you do that? Mm-hmm. So I think the Mets make the most logical sense, but I, I do think it would not surprise me to see him in just about any uniform. Uh, in terms of, you know... I, I, I tend to agree with there. I mean, because, you know, like you said, if he's available, you should be interested. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to see, have we gotten any any rumoring yet, or just that he's available? I think the Mets have been a strong rumor. Let's yeah. See. Planning to trade him, but there's nothing imminent. This is from... This is actually from a while ago on trade rumors. Uh, it's not going to happen quickly. It looks like they're going to take their time. This is not going to be something. Although the second that you settle in, you're like, oh, this isn't going to happen. It seems like happen the next day. And they don't want to wait too long where teams start filling their rosters. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, if the Mets go out and you decide, well, we're not going to wait any longer, then you've just lost your big suitor. Yeah, what if they just say, you know what, we'll sign Ha Young Kim. Mm -hmm. How about that? And then it's like, no, no, no. What, just drafted you did? Mm-hmm. Just took him in uh, the NFBC 50 that I'm in right now. I got him in the 18th round, which is going to be a steal like in a few months. Yeah, that's that's a fantastic scoop. Um, or they, you know, or they go Gregorius, Semyon, Simmons. Like, there's a lot out there if they want to get a shortstop and throw Jimenez to second. Um, 
you know, once the DH gets sorted out too, because right now it looks like their lineup's full, but when you figure DH, you take uh, JD Davis, Dom Smith, or Jeff McNeil off the field, and then you still have room for somebody. By the way, their their lineup, all but JD Davis, is homegrown. That's kind of impressive. Yeah, because it's a good lineup. Mm-hmm. So good, good on the Mets. Um, yeah, we'll talk more about. Lindor as his rumor mill heats up, but it's hard to really narrow it down. You did go with the Mets as the number one, uh, the number one potential spot, though. That's really interesting. And I'm not even going to ask you if you think they trade him uh, fully because it's like they, they're telegraphing that one. These other three are more rumor based of like, hey, they're they're looking at it, but it was legitimately said they they plan to trade Lindor, so they're, they're moving on from him. Let's talk Blake Snell moving out of. Uh, Tampa Bay, he still has three years on his deal, making 10 and a half, 12 and a half, and 16 mil. He could basically be a league average pitcher, and that would be those salaries would be more than worth that. Like there would be no problem there. So um, that's three years of great payout for somebody that, uh, you know, is, is at least a nice solid number two with the potential to be. A stud. He's won a Cy Young. He's absolutely uh, a monster. Now, do you think these trade rumors are brewing up because of the Game Six thing? Um, I don't think. I think it's just more a matter of money. They don't want to pay anybody. Yeah, I think. I think so too. Because I'm like, I don't know. You know, I know he was bummed in the moment for sure, but I don't think he's like, get me out of here right this moment. I think we'd know if if he. If he's requested this, I think yeah. this is team based. I think it's, and yeah, it looks like, you know, they're open to it. They want to hear some offers, but if nobody comes correct, mm-hmm. eh. um, I wonder if a spirited battle for Trevor Bauer opened up and then the loser of said battle mm. would, would be a Snell fit. Now this is similar to Lindor. Everyone should be interested. Mm-hmm. But why don't you give me a team that you're focused on that could get Blake Snell, and let's talk about the potential trade there. I think the White Sox become really interesting. Dude, that would be so freaking sick. Yeah. So they still have some they, – they still have prospects they can move. They got some major league ready mm-hmm. like stuff that's like right on the they, – they got some stuff that would intrigue the Rays. Let's talk about it. what do you got as far as a potential – Pieces going over there. Yeah, I mean, the Rays aren't one of those teams that always demands, you know, uh, top tier prospects or um, or guys that are, are major league ready. And so I don't know that they'd necessarily, especially for a guy who is going to be a free agent pretty quick, because um, he he's in the last year of his deal or two, right? Oh, is Snell. No, 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 no. Oh, no, three no. more oh, years. Oh, three more. Oh, that's right. Excellent. Sign that. I told you yeah, 10 and a half, 12 and a half, 16. So like, he could got... get he could get someone, you know. Jake Berger, I don't know if you've seen the videos of uh, of what he looks like after having mm-hmm. recovered from multiple, I think it was like Achilles tear and an ACL tear, like back to back. Could be like a, a part of a deal. Um, I mean, they're not going to get Andrew Vaughn, so obviously. You don't think so? <laughs> You think they could get? I don't think they could get Andrew. Fox. I was just going to ask you flat out, flat out if they could because I think they could get Michael I mean, Kopech. 
Yeah, I def I could definitely see that. I was just thinking maybe like a three year because it's it's three years. I just wonder if if maybe Vaughn is in play. But I mean, you're probably right. He should he shouldn't be. But you, you would do Kopech as a uh, as yeah a as a centerpiece and primary piece for something, and then maybe like a Jake Berger. Um. Uh, and then I mean, you know, they could, you know, the Rays always like those platooning pieces, so maybe like a no more Mazzara. Yeah, um, I could see them like just randomly getting Adam Engel in the deal, even though he's mm-hmm. twenty nine, and then he like, that's a total out yeah. Like, <laughs> I know we player. talked a little bit about him recently about like there might be a little something, oh, maybe a little late career burst mm-hmm. there. I I don't know. I can't put my finger on it. You know, ninety three plate appearances. I'm not. I'm not doing backflips over over that because of a one twenty two OPS or WRC plus. But I don't know. Looks like he's adding a little bit of punch. He's already an elite defender. I could see them just doing that. It's like he's the afterthought in the deal, and then it's like, oh, remember when they got Adam Engel? He's now their fourth outfielder. They'll dude. get some sort of slapdick prospect. Yeah, yeah, um, they'll definitely catch a slapdick prospect. Uh, that'll end up turning out to be pretty good or something like that. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, no, yeah. I, I this this would be an interesting fit because um, then you're talking Giolito, Snell, Keuchel, Cease, Dunning, Rodon. You know that's that's mm-hmm. their their Eight, main. Six the Angels there. could be another good fit. You know, team that could definitely use another, or I mean, an ace. They they've got a bunch of guys who have, you, you know, have to get Brandon Marsh, right? Yeah, maybe yeah, maybe it is a Marsh kind of deal. Um, and I don't know that the Angels would be willing to part with him, but, uh, and you know, who knows? I mean, the Rays have always been a team that does very well in trades and I mean I mean think about the Austin Meadows and uh, I never heard about Glass that. what happened with that one um, and, I mean we haven't even seen some of the parts Shane Bonds hasn't even come up yet yeah, yeah. so uh, it would I mean the Angels seem like a team where they might be able to get just a mint for a guy like Snell dude if, if they if they moved into a team like that like if he became their ace Mm-hmm. That'd be crazy. Snell, Heaney, Bundy, Canning, Sandoval, Berea. Sign one other guy, like Tanaka. So that way you're not really mm-hmm. reliant upon Sandoval and Berea. Oof. That'd be wild. If it was Marsh and then maybe some lower tier stuff, like, like lower level, I mean, that's where you got to be careful with the race. So that's where they'll snake you. Mm-hmm. Um, is, is dipping into your low minors and valuing some guys higher that you're not even... I mean, not that the teams don't know about them, but like that's that's where they get you. Uh, what's the likelihood that uh, Snell's dealt, as far as you're concerned? I'd say it's like sixty percent. Really, over fifty? Okay, I'm more in the twenty, twenty-five percent. Okay, range. yeah. I mean, I think there, I think there's a good. I mean, you've got a guy in Snell who was healthy after you know a year of not being healthy, and maybe you want to try mm-hmm. to get. Maybe you think this is the time to get max value. Mark Feinsand, when he wrote up the the piece on it, also included the Mariners. Hmm. I mean, and that's that's, that's a really that good spot, and they've got he doesn't the prospects. need to be sold on it, by the way, because he doesn't have a tra- no trade clause. But that's that's Snell's hometown team. Yeah, I I think so, that would be a really interesting fit as well. I think he loses his mind to go there, and then all of a sudden, like, dude, they would be just this lefty killer. 
because then they have Snell, Marco Gonzalez, Yusei Kikuchi, Justin she- Justice Sheffield, four lefties atop the rotation. That'd be kind of interesting. Plus, you've got a bunch of guys in their minors that are gonna, you know, that are top tier pitching prospects. Oh God! I mean, they have so many guys that could headline a deal. You know, I mean, um, they've got Logan uh, Gilbert, yep. uh, Emerson Hancock, George Kirby. I, I mean, a- any of those three could could lead the deal. Mm-hmm. Let alone like um, the hitters. Yeah, Julio Rodriguez. Uh, Jared Kelnick. I don't think they get Kelnick or. I don't think so. Rodriguez. I, don't, I wouldn't want to trade them at all. I think I would focus on those pitchers. But the bottom line is they've got pieces for days. And all they, they have to do, all the Rays have to do, is just you know, kind of whisper trade, and Jerry Depoto oh, is going to cover Depoto on be, him. Yeah, yeah, he'll be freaking out. So, um, okay, yeah. So Lindor, like 100% potential trade. Uh, so now we're a little split. 20 for me. Closer to 60 for you. Let's talk Nolan Arenado. This is another one that uh, we've been around this block many a time. But it's 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 heating up even more. Um, he can opt out after 21, after this particular season. But he's making 35 mil this year through 24, then 32, and then 27. So he's locked into a long-term deal. So this has to be a rich team. Where could Nolan Arenado feasibly be traded to? The Mets. <laughs> um, you wanted to put everybody on the Mets. Yeah, I want to put everyone All on the Mets. Guys. I mean, Snell is a fit on the Mets, too. So, yeah. Uh, I mean, I know St. Louis was a team that was rumored last year, but I just don't see them making that kind of move. Uh I this is a hard one. I I don't know that there is a huge as yeah. huge of a market for Arenado as maybe there should be. Not when you got to make that money. Mhm. And I mean the teams that got a lot of money uh and are willing to spend it have different needs than a guy like Arenado. I mean the Yankees mm-hmm. don't need a third baseman. The Phillies you know, a team that I think would be a really good fit, but I think their priority is going to be pitching. Um, I mean, Atlanta makes a ton of sense. Uh, and I know that they've spent, you know, their early money on pitching. But I was going to say, except for the money. Yeah. Imagine being able to say, well, we're not going to re-sign Azuna, but we're going to put Austin Riley back out into left field and put Arenado. Oh, and, my God. And God, now you dude. have a lineup of Acuna, Arenado, Freeman, Darno, Swanson, Albies, you know, Riley, Duvall, Pache, and then eventually Drew Waters comes up and dude. you know becomes the everyday left fielder. Dude, that'd be disgusting. Well, actually, no, I don't think so because I think Drew Waters has to be in the deal. Or, or yeah, okay, so yeah, maybe Drew Waters is part of the. But I mean, they could also. I mean, what is Colorado never able to do is develop pitching. So, like, they could set her a deal around Kyle Wright and, you know, maybe some of the upper-level minors pitching, you know, Tuki Toussaint, Bryce Wilson, um, you know, and try to just get a package of, you know, Kyle Mueller, uh, who hasn't been to the majors yet. And maybe that's the route. Um, yeah, there's there's definitely other stuff that they can 
that they can give. I, I think if I'm, although with that money, that's the thing. I think yeah, I don't, the, I don't know uh, that you the can... team trading with the Rockies has a little bit more pushback to say, okay, we know you want that guy, dude. And the opt out, eighty billion dollars and an opt out here. Yeah, feel like if you trade for him, you have to get him to take off that opt out. Like you can't risk that. Yeah, you can't risk that he's a rental, mm-hmm. right? Like that'd be terrifying. I don't know that he would do that though. Like, well, then he can stay in Colorado, and I think that's where he's going to stay. Like, I just I think so too. I don't think it happens. I think this of the well of the first three we've talked about, this is the least likely because I think the fourth is the least likely for sure. Really, you don't think the fourth is a definite? Okay, well, let's move on to the fourth. Chris Bryant. Um, as I mentioned earlier, actually, I forget the joke I even said, but this is the 22nd year that he's been on the block. Um, it's crazy. And, you know, there's almost seems to be a little bit of animosity with these teams. Now. Almost. Yeah. Uh, I, I would but say they flat out is. Yeah. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, um, they, they screwed him. <laughs> yes. And so, he was a big fighter. You know, mm-hmm. he, he had a grievance on the, the time manipulation. Um, because he was right, and he was absolutely manipulated. There is unbelievably no question about it whatsoever. Of course, they somehow finagled it and, and won, but you know anybody with a functioning brain knows that, of course, that's manipulation. But that's the system that we have right now, and so he lost, and he's going into the last year of his deal. Everyone seems to hate him. Chris Bryant, I, I don't get it. Okay, can can I just say this? Chris Bryant is better than Javier Baez. If you're a Cubs fan, wow, you should prefer Chris Bryant. Um, you don't because you're an idiot. Okay, I, I don't. I I disagree with that. I've been based on what the defense. I mean, the That's defense it? for Baez okay, is okay. There's, the I mean, I can see the argument that maybe Chris Bryant is the better hitter, but with the health the history. Argument. The health history of Chris Bryan is super scary. Uh, um, is it though? I mean, I know I mean, he's played a bad. lot of games, but like he yeah. he's really struggled in a lot of them because of the health. No, he hasn't. That's the point. Go look at his stats. That's that. That's exactly why I made that comment. Is because that is what a lot of people say, and that is not true. He like. He, he, this was the only bad year. The only thing close to a bad year was this year when Baez was worse, by the way, if we're doing the comparison. And I like Baez, by the way. He's one of the most electric players in the league. So fun to watch. I really like him. But between the two, I'd be pushing my team to keep Bryant. He's going to age better, um, and he's better. He's better. Look at these numbers. Uh, the last three years, 125, 135, 76 on the WRC+. plus. Like, this was the only bad year, but like I said, Bias was even worse. Bias had a 59 yeah, this Baez year. Yeah, Bias is brutal this year. And he had a 131, 114 two years before that, and he was never above average the years before that. If you go further back, I didn't even put his best years in there, 15, 16, 17 for Bryant. That's fine if you think he's not that guy anymore. But if you just take 18, 19, he's a 131. Even if you throw in the 34 ugly games of 20, that brings him down to a 124 over the last three years. Um, and yeah, his defense isn't as good, but I also don't think that his defense is bad. No, I wouldn't say his defense is bad, but I mean, I, I think mean, that Baez is 
I mean, gold glove player. Like he's sure, sure. But uh, don't you want the better bat in that situation? I mean, like, from a fantasy perspective, I do. But... No, 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 no. I'm talking about real life. Like, do you want to bet on defense long term? I mean, that's like they're one year apart in age, by the way. So Baez is younger at 28. Uh, Brian going into his age 29 season, but. Brian's better. Like it's not. It, I don't even know how it's a debate, to be honest. I think it is debate, but um, that's that, that's how how though. Because I, I I mean from a real life perspective, I I do value defense and I value it. I, I value it especially too, but, at a premium position like shortstop. Just, but are you overvaluing it? Perhaps? Maybe I could be. Plus, again, you got to be careful paying on previous defense. Yeah, defense goes straight down as far as the aging curve. I mean, because you just lose athleticism. Mm-hmm. I don't and, see Baez losing much athleticism, though. I mean, he's well. I I think there's grave concerns about his bat. Yes, there, and and I have concerns about that too. And I think and if you so, want to make that argument, but my my main issue with Brian is I worry about his ability to hit uh, stay on the field. Considering what he's had back issues and sh- I want to say shoulder issues too, yeah. Um, so well, I don't know that he's giving you any reason to really be that concerned. That being said, he is a rental. Like you know, you are just buying him for this year, mm-hmm. so maybe he is more likely to be traded than Arenado. I just have a hard time finding a good fit. Well, so who did you say for Arenado? Oh, you said the Braves. Well, okay. The Braves would be an interesting so fit. Think about how much cheaper it yeah. is to, to, instead of go for Arenado and pay $80 billion, you get Bryant for one year, you pay a hell of a lot less, and you're, you're getting a pretty comparable bat. I don't know. I think that that's... Blue Jays that's make kind sense, of the, too. What about the Nats? They're not they're are not rebuilding. Are they done on Carter Keepum? Like I, I don't think should be. No, they shouldn't be. He's still okay. I mean, obviously that's tongue in cheek, but he can play some second with Starlin Cat. Like he does not. You've got Luis Garcia at second. Uh, Uh, I I don't. I don't think the Nats are a buyer in the infield. You could. uh, They could. They could. Whoa, 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 whoa. I'm not done with this Carter Keboom point. There is no reason to hold the spot open for him. You're a contender. He has been Franklin Barreto esque in his admittedly small sample. Dare you. That was, un- that was trash. A player I like with another that player that I play. <laughs> correct, correct. That was that was what we call a twofer, folks. Uh-huh. Um, hey, and you know, here's one for you. This is gonna change your mind, by the way, because um, you're forgetting this. Who's playing first base for them? Me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Jake Knoll. Uh, Key boom to first. Chris Bryant. Like it, it, he he absolutely fits on this team perfectly. Uh, they should be on the horn yeah. getting this done. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, no, I, wait, they signed yes money Tomas? Yeah. Which I actually don't hate, by the way. Yeah, I I mean He's not a complete empty bat. It's just that he was overpaid. Like yeah. I, 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 I don't I don't hate that as like a bench signing. Okay. It'll be thirty. Yeah. It's just crazy how much money he made. <laughs> I know. He managed me Castillo. At least he's played in the majors a lot though. Yeah, a, a lot ish, a lot ish, a lot ish, a lot ish. But Rusny Castillo just made that stack and just owned Paul Tuckett. I think it's called Rusny Tuckett now. Yeah, no, they they it's should have been after him. Yeah, absolutely. Bought. Um, who's playing left for them, by the way? 
uh, Marcelo Zuna. Okay, well, so you're saying they're going to yeah, sign Ozuna yeah, instead of get so, Chris yes. Bryant, but it's six and one half dozen the other. The point is, and that's another thing, by the way, that you you and I, I get why you did it. I think that's you instantly it. said they don't have room on the infield. Okay, well, fine. If you if you They've believe that, which that field, yeah. we don't, he can go play left. Um, but also first base, so they have spots, and I think that that he's a. I think Bryant's a good fit for that team because they're not rebuilding. But committing to Arenado might be a bit much, especially because like how could you sign Ar- or how could you trade for Arenado after you didn't sign Rendon? But you can trade for a one-year Chris Bryant at uh, let's see how much how much millions? Let me see, nineteen mil. Oh well, never mind. He made eighteen point six this past year, so it might go up a little bit to like twenty mil. Uh, so yeah, I think I think he's a strong candidate to be traded. I still put Lindor at 100, Snell 20, Arenado 11%, (laughs) and Bryant uh, 85%. Yeah, you're probably right. There's probably a better chance Bryant gets. I mean, the Cubs are just trying. It seems like they're trying to shed payroll everywhere. I was just about to say, and I didn't didn't get my point. uh, I I didn't make my point that I wanted to about that. He uh, that the club Cubs are crying poor as well, mm-hmm. which is the so most that adds the factor. Thing. It's the, the most disgusting thing. It's just the most disgusting thing. Just, like it's it's so embarrassed. They should be so embarrassed when they put out those messages. They're not, but yeah, I mean, the, oh, they're absolutely not. That's the, that that's what makes it so disgusting. It, it's it's just it's vile. It's truly vile. Um, yeah. So okay, that's where we are in that trade market right now. For our purposes, we're desperately hoping all of them get traded. Yeah. Because that'd be fun as hell to discuss. <laughs> There'd be a lot of uh, great machinations to discuss if four pr- premium bats got moved, or uh, three premium bats and a premium arm got moved in the offseason. We'll be lucky to get one. So that's what we're hoping for. There was a, a good article on Arenado, or maybe it was even just a Twitter thread, and I'm... Uh, I'm blanking who it was. Um, uh, looking at how he did on the road, but not in the traditional sense. More in the okay, he was really shitty for his first like one to three games on the road, but mm-hmm. then he became Arenado. It's almost as if there's some sort of effect mm. when you play in Colorado and then you go on the road. And I know I'm being super condescending, not to you, obviously, but like. I, I I I wouldn't want to do that in like a discussion with somebody face to face because you you lose them that way as far as trying to get them on board and make them uh, you know see the light as far as hangover effect is, and everything with Coors, but because I, I I don't like that I I didn't like it when uh, when it really was a battle between stats and non stats folks and the, the the snark on the stats side it's like man you're not changing any minds with that and i was guilty of it myself at times too like you're not enlightened you're stupid idiot but with with something like this at this point if you don't if you don't understand like that you can't just look at coors road numbers and say this guy would suck if he left there come on dude this stuff is done like we know already by the way he's got some really good seasons on the road arenado does um over 800 ops in 15 16 17, 
and 19. He was brutal this year, but it was 20 games. You want to go off 20 games with a 232 BABIP? You'd be my guest. What what all did you see with regards to? Uh, so after a few games on a long game on a long yeah on like road a long trip, road trip, he fired was just, yeah he just was just as good as or close to what he is in Colorado. So um, man, I I, re- I apologize whoever did the research on that. Sounds like great work. Yeah, I want to say it was someone over at Pitcher List. Okay, that would make sense. They are killing it. Um, so, but yeah, I mean, and this is—I mean, my first article ever at Fangraphs was talking about uh, uh, Corey Dickerson leaving mm-hmm. um, Colorado and and kind of going into the historical output of guys who've left Colorado and been just fine. Most of them are. Like, yeah. if you're a good hitter, and like, you know, again, this has been long done so much that it's not even worth that much of a combo, but I also don't get, um, you know, how many times guys who go there that they're like, Oh, he's going to be great. Cause he's going to Colorado and he doesn't that people don't understand. Colorado can't make a scrub great for any long period. Like it can in very small samples happen, but for the most part, that's not going to guarantee any success. And then leaving does not guarantee that you're going to fall off. And yet, we still have, it's it's just kind of one of those things that doesn't uh, doesn't quite die. It gets it, the the sound of it lowers, but it doesn't die. And uh, I think that that whole thing should die. That whole meme. Anyway, I agree. Arenado's not going to get traded anyway, so it doesn't matter. But if he did, the team getting him should be doing backflips, except for that money piece. But uh, let's talk some shortstops. We did just talk about one. And we'll, we'll we'll talk a little bit about him here in a second. But let's talk uh, the first part of shortstops. Probably going to do 14 parts on shortstops uh, if second base is any indication. <laughs> but uh, we're going to start a little little light here today just going over the first uh, nine. So we got two elite guys at the very top. First round, first top ten even, top seven if you will. Fernando Tatis uh, on average going three. We have now shifted from the two early mock data into the AF, uh, NFBC data that they're running off the drafts that you're contributing in. I think it's mostly uh, it's just draft me. champions in yeah. the 50s, right? Yeah, it's just, it's just these just, are all your uh, these are all my created drafts. ADPs. So, um, yeah, there's 18 drafts right now. Tati's going on average at three. Trey Turner on average at seven. Are you taking either of them at their drafted spot in the first round? Uh, yes and no. I think that they are part of a top eight or nine. Or in here too. I don't. I, I was doing kind of like the single digit, double mm-hmm. digit thing, but he's in the first. He's firmly in the first round too at pick eleven. So let's add story. So how, how do you feel about these three? Are, are you are you seeking any of them out? Would you take them if if you're kind of forced into it, or are you mm-hmm. waiting on shortstop? I've already taken Story and Turner in draft so far this year. Okay. So I. Like I I'm totally fine with, I mean, and I, I made this comment, I think, towards the end of last season as we started to talk about what it was going to look like coming into uh, 2021. And there is, like, a top eight for me. And, you know, I, and I really think you can make it a top 12, really. Um, yeah. That, There's nine going in the top 40, and those are the yeah. nine that, that we're going to be talking about here. Oh, I just mean in terms of in terms of overall. Like, oh, 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 sorry, Like top sorry, eight sorry, or sorry. nine or 11 or 12 picks where I really don't care what order you put them in. Yeah, like, and uh, who are those? I mean, Acuna, Tatis, Betts, Soto, Trout, 
Garrett Cole, Turner, Jose Ramirez, Bieber, DeGrom, Story, Yelich. Yep. Like, I think that's your top 12, and I think that is a tier. And uh, it's one of the reasons I've felt really good about uh, when I've set my KDS for NFBC leagues, or if you're going to do KDS in your home leagues. uh, Like, I'm totally fine with really taking that 8-9-7 slot and and you know and really getting some good value on the way back in the second uh round as well so mm-hmm. um you know the one thing you know we'll talk about this a little bit you know here in the next tier when we talk about Lindor and Bichette I'm okay with passing on these top three guys if because they're such good shortstops in the next two tiers so yeah they really are um Jeez. you know like it, I think I've done five drafts so far and <laughs> I've ended up with Jose Ramirez. I've ended up with Turner. I've ended up with Story. I've ended up with Soto, um, and I've ended up with Jacob Degrom as as my five uh, first like round it. pick so far. Well, diversification diversification in the first round there. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, I mean, I like I've seen Tatis go first. You mm-hmm. know, and, he absolutely has. Like, I don't know that I would make that decision. Number one, I don't want that decision. I don't want yeah. to have the first pick. I really don't want to have a top three pick. And this is something that's strange for me, uh, and I think just in general, because I, I want to be able to get added value in the second round. Um, because the difference between Acuna, Betts, Soto, Tatis, uh, I just don't think there is that big of a difference. I, think, I agree. I think the differences become more apparent as you work into the second and third rounds. Yeah. Um, I totally agree with that as far as uh, not only, actually all the points you made with regards to the top 12 there, having no problem getting any of them and the three shortstops. I would take any of Tatis Turner's story. Uh, if, if the pick fit, I'm probably leaning towards story. He is the cheapest of the bunch. I love Turner though. I've been taking Turner as a first rounder for a long time i've been on that train pretty quickly um just what he's able to do he's never bad he's never bad he's you know power and speed he misses some time um with injuries at times including stupid bunting injury <laughs> but uh, you gotta love what, what turner's able to do story has cores and just he's all around awesome and tatis exploded if you don't get one of those and you're still really jonesing for a shortstop maybe you're closer to the turn and that's where you could get Lindor or Bichette. Lindor at 17, Bichette at 19. So you got to take them. You got to have a late first to get them. But maybe you want to go, you know, pitcher shortstop. Uh, and you can do something like that or get that big, powerful first baseman. Go like Freeman or Bellinger. Uh, although I'm not really taking Bellinger right now. But like Freeman, Lindor, something like that. We just talked about Lindor in the trade context. Obviously, we don't know where he's going to be, so I'm not going to press you too hard on how you think he's going to do. But what do you think of Lindor and Bichette as uh, early second rounders? They've pretty much been my only second round picks. <laughs> oh, really? Okay. I mean, I uh, I want to say that uh, in all five of my drafts, I've taken either Lindor or Bichette in the second round. I love it. I love it. Who do you prefer? <sighs> I was starting to put Bichette above Lindor, but the more and more I looked at it and the more I think about it, as much as I love the upside on Bichette, like, I think we know what Lindor is, and we know that he still has the amazing upside that made him a top three pick. Um, and on a new, new team, new environment, 
I think he could just be, uh, you know, first round value, early first round value. So I'm going to keep Lindor above Bichette, but that doesn't say anything bad about Bichette. I, I agree. I agree there. Uh, I like both. I could go either way too. You know, obviously with Lindor, it's just it's so hard to commit until we know where he lands. It, is it should though? be like, is there going to be a situation? Well, it's hard to say. say no, no, no. He's not going to go down. Um, I think he could go up though. I think there's some situations where I would where I would boost. Him. What, what situation? Because I mean, I, I don't see him going to New York or Colorado. Uh, obviously. Um, like I don't think I I think his value is pretty much what it is. There's no let me like. Think. Is there a spot in which he like really benefits from a team or a park more than he already does? Like I don't I don't know that it yeah you know, unless he goes to a team that steals rampantly. Yeah, like yeah. that's that's the only. But I I mean he's not going to San Diego. No, they have somebody already. Who's I mean, could okay. Seattle get involved in something like that? The Rangers aren't. You know, Arizona's not. So, like, I uh, I don't think his value changes no matter where he goes. I, I mean... Well, then maybe, um, as you are, uh, he's worth leveraging Lindor is because maybe he is down a few ticks. Because we see that when people are unsigned. Uh, this is different than that because we know he's going to play somewhere. Lindor is. But... I, I could see the market being a little lighter on him right now because of the uncertainty, and then he goes up a little bit uh, just when he lands somewhere because, of, oh, now I can plug in my projection. And if you don't see any different value, and I think you, you sold me. I, I You're right. Like, where, where would really change things? He's going to bat at the top of the lineup no matter what. He's already in. Um, you know, he's in, like, a neutral park. It's not going to get a lot better, but it's also not going to get a lot worse. So, yeah, take him there. If you like him there – Take Lindor now in the and he goes as late as twenty three, so in the mid, early to mid second round, take him, and then um, if he does move up when he sit, when he settles, you got you got him at a good price. So I like that on Lindor. As far as Bichette, I mean, dude's just been incredible since hitting the minors and uh, or since hitting the majors, excuse me. And I see nothing but uh, but blue skies ahead for him as well. Let's go to the gems. Now, we, we jumped down a bit from Bichette at 19 down to Corey Seager at 27, your favorite. Uh, Alberto Mondesi at 30, Xander Bogarts at 37, and Tim Anderson at 39. So now we're looking at um, another interesting group here, I think. These four, if for some reason things just don't break down where you get those top five, but you're still interested in a premium shortstop, you've got an opportunity here. Now, there's some interesting risks. Seager, um, you know, did what one of us thought he could do this year. Me. <laughs> like that. Gas myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, Seager, you know, fully healthy, looked great this year, played brilliantly, regular season and playoff. Um, that Again, that's what people have been waiting for. Mondesi doesn't need more than like two weeks to make us look mm-hmm. stupid. We're taking a premature victory lap. Uh, Bogarts has become like a steady Eddie. He's just kind of quiet. Weirdly, he's on Boston. He's awesome, and yet he feels like the quiet one of this group of like, oh, I'll just I'll just take Bogarts as if you're not getting just an absolute badass. And then Tim Anderson backed up what he did last year and has situated himself firmly in the upper crust. You know, in these in these top ten shortstops here. So 
Who's your favorite of this bunch uh, based on their price between Seeger, Mondesi, Bogarts, and Anderson? Oh, this is tough. I mean, I like three of the four. <laughs> um, still not buying in. Still not. I mean, I, I mean, obviously, I'm not like gonna rank him 24th or something like that at the shortstop okay. position. But the uh, guy, I can't imagine taking him over any of these guys. Um, yeah, I really can't. Um, and maybe that. And you know, I will be the first to admit that's probably bias. And not okay. Dodger bias for you Dodger fans. It's it's uh I just I just I worry about health. Um mm-hmm. so I proved to you last year that you didn't need to. I know. And I but like I you know, I'm gonna be honest when, you know, I can, you know, realize that things are or there's bias in play for me. I mean for Yeah, me, absolutely. I mean, at the price, I, I like Tim Anderson going last. Um Yeah, the la- the latest of the bunch. But Power I speed, feel like batting like average. Bogarts is the safest. Um, exactly, like I said, he's become all reliable here. Kind of like, like I said, people act like they're settling for him and not getting an absolute badass. Mm-hmm. He's just quietly dominating. Um, and he's gone he as late 20- as forty nine already in a draft. <laughs> like what, dude? Um, you know, he, you're not really looking. Well, interestingly enough, in the two month season, he went eight for eight on the bases. I wouldn't get too drunk on that. I would keep him in his. In his range, 10, 13, 15, 8, 4, 8. If you were worried that the 4 of 19 signified something, though, I guess this the 8 of 8 uh, this past year tells you, like, hey, no. You know, he, he, he can run a little bit if he wants to. But uh, the bottom line is 300, 372, 535, triple slash over the last three years. That's good for a 136 WRC+. plus. Um, the power's there. The batting average is there. The counting categories are there, even though... Uh, they weren't that great this past year because of the Red Sox. I still think they're going to be a solid offense. And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely interested. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I'm not worried about the stolen bases, like, evaporating or anything or going back to the 2019 levels. He was no, just, but so, I, I mean, he I just... would overrate the, the A for and be like, oh, my God, is he going to yeah. push for 20 next year? I mean, he had what it looks like. 85 uh, um, uh, either doubles or home runs, extra base hits. So, like, like he was just insanely good, and it's hard to steal when you're not on first base, as, you know, as often as you necessarily would be. So, I mean, I, I think you can easily project him for, like, 28 homers and 7-8 stolen bases with upside for more. And it's the batting average. I mean, you know, he's hit 300 now. In two straight seasons, uh, he hasn't had a batting average below two uh, seventy three since two thousand fourteen. Um, he's just super reliable, and as much as I know, we're always shooting for some sort of upside. I mean, the floor is just so insanely safe um, that uh, I think he's he's underrated, which is what yeah. I'd say for someone who's got an ADP of thirty seven. I, I I know, but but I I I totally agree with you, man. I I love Bogey. Um, we have to talk about Mondesi. We have to. I've already got Mondesi on a team. My the first team I drafted, I took Mondesi. I want to say in the second round of a fifteen teamer. Okay. Um, so I mean above where his ADP is. Uh, 
I mean, especially if you're not in a league with an overall, mm-hmm. so you don't have to worry about uh, like his batting average killing you. Um, it, you know, because that is something that is quite possible, considering the kind of player he is. Uh, and you're willing to punt batting average like I love to do in kind of standalone leagues. Like Mondesi fits the bill. Like he's he's gonna steal bases. You know that. We assume he's gonna hit for, you know, now that the shoulder situation is kind of cleared up and he's shown that it's cleared up uh you know he should hit for some power it's just a matter of like how does the batting average hit you yeah no i I, exactly and like i said i mean and the runs and rbis because i I mean the royals still aren't good why why do you have to make us look so foolish (laughs) i mean i don't feel foolish like I, I know like people are gonna look at the overall numbers and be like, well, you guys were wrong. Yes, if you take things at a, as a sum total, we were wrong in terms of fading Mondesi. Um, but if you really break things down in terms of, okay, like you know our big our biggest issue coming in was our biggest two issues were one, what's the batting average gonna be? And two, like what's the shoulder situation gonna look like? Yeah. Yeah. He was dreadful in July and August. He had two oh six in July, one seventy nine in August, and then three fifty six. And that's but, why it felt okay to be like, ha, dodged a bullet with that. And then it's like, no. The victory psych- lap is is the problem. Like it's not so much the the, the initial analysis was right. Because mm-hmm. how many people in ten team leagues or twelve team leagues dropped him? A lot, you know. A lot, like there, there's people out there like I didn't even get the good stuff, and it's like I understand, I understand. I would have cut him too. I would have, I would have absolutely cut him. Yeah. Um. He's he stole 16 bases in September. I know, dude. That's I mean that's insane. That's the insane part like of a the, guy the, like him. The thing of it was too. It was like a two week period. Yeah. It wasn't even all of September. It was like, uh, okay, more like a three-week period, but still. It was September 4th through the 27th. He played 22 games. He hit six homers. Mondesi sold 16 bases, hitting 376, 424, 706. It was so dumb. Coming into that, 179, 209, 203 in 37 games. Like That's why it's like it felt like he was playing like crap. Well, and see, I mean, the lesson to be learned is, because like I said, I, I don't think the initial analysis was wrong. Um, uh, I think it was, I think it was correct. What we need to remember is a guy like Mondesi, you can't write off completely. And whether he's struggling or not, he needs to be on a roster. Doesn't need to be your roster. Yeah. But he needs to be on a roster. Um... And if you're one of those people that goes, you know, that that drafts and kind of sets it and forgets it rest of the year, like Mondesi actually works out because you're not worrying as much about, oh, oh, he's really killing my team right now. You just Mm -hmm. you leave him in your roster and eventually you're going to end up with, you know, 75,000 stolen bases and, you know, 20 home runs and whatever the average is. No, that's that's a great call. That's a great call. I, I agree with that. Um he absolutely is set it and forget it too. Like you cannot be worrying about 
especially in, in and we talk about this in roto it's easier to just be like not even not even looking i'm just gonna let him be a badass for me and um that's really the way to go uh all right anybody any, anything else you want to say on these guys here no i mean there's still some concerns with me and tim anderson uh okay. i just like I do worry that the average at some point will, like the BABIP, just, the BABIPs are insane, and at some point, like that, like at what point is that normal? Like I, I know like he, he's had enough plate appearances to stabilize it and be like, no, he's gonna, uh, you know, he's gonna be a guy that runs at a, at a higher BABIP than, than, than normal. I'm- I mean, he hit 257 and 240 in 17 and 18. Uh, he's at 335 and 322 the last two years. The BABIP going 328, 289, 399, 382. Like we've seen, we've seen the ups, we've seen the downs. Mm-hmm. Like, it, but even it's not with those ups and downs, downs, like, pardon me. Even even with those ups and downs, like it's still, you know, 2018 he hit 240, but there's still 20 home runs and 26 stolen bases to go along mm-hmm. with that 240. Um, I, I, I have a hard time, you know, I think the same issue with, with uh, Mondesi is, like, putting a guy that his on-base percentage could be under 300 on my team, especially that early. Yep. Um, that's that's a valid it seem It seems more likely than not I'm going to have a shortstop in most of my drafts before we get to this tier. Um, yeah. And so I'm yeah. not, probably not going to have a lot more of these guys. Like, I've got Anderson on a team, and I've got Mondesi on a team already. Um, I think Bogarts is the one that makes the most sense moving forward, uh, mm-hmm. unless one of them drops in a draft. Yeah. No, I think that that's, uh, that all makes a lot of sense there. I don't have a lot of disagreement here to push back on you for, except that Seager is a badass. Uh, he showed it. He remains If we could awesome. turn off injury, I'd be all on board. I just, I do worry about him holding Only gonna it up. be 27. He did his have ADP matches his age. Yeah, I mean, I'm open to taking him. You know, I, I'm do not. Do we think I'm the batting average sticks out. around? Like, do we yeah, think that's, the that's 307? Yeah, yeah, um, absolutely. When he's healthy, the batting average, and I, I get that health is a concern. That's that's fair, but the batting averages is the driving factor there, and I still think we haven't even seen his best. I still think like his best year. Well. We haven't, if you're counting like tiny samples, like the uh, 113 plate appearances of a 337 back in 2015. But as far as like a full season goes, I still think he's got a 320 type season in there with like 35, 110, um, just just utter badassery. Corey Seager's just an amazing hitter, mm-hmm. and so I agree with that. Uh, yeah, I mean, I I will take the health gamble and get that brilliant hitter. And then go from there. So, do you um, have any concerns that he doesn't really steal at all? Like usually in this spot in second round of a draft, you want a guy that is gonna contribute in all the categories. And, and there are obviously notable exceptions. Arenado, previously, I mean, I don't know where Arenado's going right now, but my guess is he's back end of the second round, um, mm-hmm. which seems insane to me. Um, I know. Same. Oh yeah, beginning of the third. So in a fifteen team, I'll, he's thirty five right now. Um, yeah, I'd love Arenado in a spot like that. But 
I mean, typically, especially at the shortstop position, we're looking at guys who are going to offer double-digit stolen bases, and Seager sure. is not going to... I mean, he may offer two stolen bases. Like that's Yeah, no, that 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 is part of drafting him, is that you're not getting that. I'm okay with that. Like, I, I, I am absolutely okay with that, because I don't think that you need... Like, especially if I'm getting some steals elsewhere. Um, that, that's, that's the thing. If I'm already planning for it, then I don't even blink that he doesn't, uh, that he doesn't steal. I'm not worried about that with Seager. I, I thought it was overblown with Arenado. Now he didn't have a great year this year. Nobody was saying he was going to do that. They were just saying, don't take him because he doesn't steal. I don't think that's a good enough reason to not take him. You can, you know, maybe pair him up with Jose Ramirez and you're pretty stoked. Exactly. I think there's ways to kind of get around it and, that's 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 what I'm looking at there. So I'm I'm not too concerned with uh, with with regards to Arenado not stealing. All right, all right. So that or, uh, excuse me, uh, Seager not stealing. Also Arenado, but uh, Seager. So that's the top nine there. We'll get into the uh, in, into more of the nitty gritty there next time out with shortstop, uh, which I'm not sure when that will be. Maybe we'll talk about recording. Something beforehand, or maybe on Friday. I don't know. No, we're, we're no, probably not another one this week because Thursday and Friday off for the holiday. I gotta. I'll check with Jason see if he wants to record on Sunday again. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll see what's what. If not, then you and I will be back on shortstops on Tuesday. But Justin, have a great holiday, you and the family, and uh, don't don't sign any more drafts up until after the holidays when no, I get. Oh no, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna try to stay away and, and focus on the family and Thanksgiving. Hope everybody out there has a fantastic Thanksgiving and and stays safe. That sounds great. All right, man. Take care. Take care.